Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. The series we're in is called uh, Held and Healed. We're looking at marriage, and I'm sure if you're single, if you're a single young lady, you have kind of a dream of what your mate and your spouse will be someday. I'm sure if you're married, you went into marriage with a dream of what you wanted your husband to be. They were going to be a mix of HGTV and Food Network. You know what I mean? He's going to be able to remodel your house and uh, and then make you a crepe. You know what I mean? And so you had this idea. Tall, and it, dark, and handsome. Yeah, well, Come on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we all have our, our, our How's view. a 5'9 stocky Italian? Is that all right? <laughs> Because that, that's, that's what been you more got. Than fine. That's been more than fine. Ain't told dark and handsome. I've never been three words to describe Michael Roberts. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so I'm glad. Yeah, there you Let's go. my confidence right. It's good. That's awesome, man. Sometimes God gives you what you need, not what you want, ladies. You're more than enough. You're Just more than it. enough. You're more than enough, Michael Roberts. Thank you so much. I receive it. I'm, no, it's all right. It's good. So you had this dream, right? A picket fence. You know, you're going to live that Instagram travel life and it's going to be awesome. Guys, I'm sure, guys generally have a different type of dream when they walk into marriage. They just dream of a life where their wife lets them golf all the time and they have sex twice a day. How many of you guys are still dreaming that? Still dreaming. Is that still a dream? Still dreaming. Yeah, keep your chin up. It's all right. <laughs> that ain't happening, but good for you. You believe it. Here's the truth, right? Though, here's and why we're doing this series. We really believe this about your marriage. We believe this about marriage, that you that a healthy, God honoring, strong marriage doesn't have to be a dream. Right. Like it doesn't have to be this elusive fantasy that like is unattainable. That no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter how you saw marriage modeled or not modeled in front of you, that you can have an incredibly strong, life giving, a stable marriage. But in order to do that, we do have to have the right perspective on marriage. Yeah, right? we- we have to have a God perspective, right? I think it's really important for us to know, understand very clearly that God created marriage. <laughs> you know, God created marriage. He instituted, he brought it about. It was his thought. It was his idea. And honestly, I think in such a loud time and culture in social media, it is so easy to lean to those things to help identify and define our marriages to help figure out how to do them. I mean, there's a million TikToks all around the way. If you do these five things then you're going to have the best marriage. Hey, those things, I'm not knocking those things. There's, there's validity in those things and I get it, but we have to understand that we are not able to do marriage without the one who created it, you know? And so we have got to get back. And what I love so much about this series and what we're endeavoring to do is, Hey, we don't want you to look at Mike and Gabby's relationship or Judy Becky's relationship and just, you know, piece it together based on that. We, w- we want to know what this says. Yeah. We want to know what this says. We want to model our life. We want to model our marriage based off the word of God. I love what Pastor Jude ended with last week where he said, we have to be people that are bound to the word of God. Mm-hmm. What does God say? 
That's what we want. As yeah. people of God, that is what we want. Yeah. And so we don't, we don't want you to sit up here and just look at us. We want to figure out by the help of the Lord, the help of the Holy Spirit, how to do this thing through the word of God. Right, because anyone that comes up here doesn't, isn't up here because we have a perfect marriage. Like you, we all have our unique challenges that we face in marriage, right? And so, you know, we, we moved here 10 or 11 years ago, and so it's just us. So uh, we navigate having kids and no free childcare in our marriage. And so, so we, we have to figure it out, right? Yeah. We do. We have four small children ranging from eight to five. And these children want everything of you and your soul. And then they're still not finished yet. They want more, right? So we're trying to navigate those things, right? We have uniqueness. We, we work for a, a church. We love it. It has, it's not, it's not a normal nine to five job. We have a side business that we do. And so that means there are these, all this, this tension of time with a lot of things that we do. And there's also because, uh, because of what we do and because we believe in marriage, there's also always this, a spiritual attack that we're not afraid of. We're also un, not unaware of it that would try to come and attack us. And so we know everyone comes into this room with a unique uh, perspectives and challenges. And so that's why it's so important that we're not just coming to a person, but we come to the word of God right. because the word of God has this unique thing. When you read the word of God, it releases the Holy Spirit to make right. it real to you in your setting. And he begins to speak to you uniquely to where you are at. It's yeah. so important for us to say, yeah. okay, God, what do you say about marriage? What do you say about how to honor it and how to hold it with high honor? And then the Holy Spirit speaks to us, right? And so here's our verse. This is our theme verse four. Uh, the series is found in Hebrews chapter 13, verse four. It says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Happy Mother's Day to all you immoral adulteresses out there. Um, Listen, yeah, it's a really light verse we chose for Mother's Day. It was great. Um, Listen, we talked a lot about this verse last week when we started this series. I encourage you to go to YouTube, go to website, check that out. But here's what we're really learning from this is that God places high value on marriage. Yeah. It's not common to God. Right. It's not normal That's or ordinary. Right. And so his instruction to us is whether you are single, because it says, let it be held among all. So whether you are single or you are married, the way we see, talk, treat marriage has to be one where it is very special. It is set apart. It is holy. It's something God has given us. And so that's what we want to do. We want to come and treat. And we learned this, that the way we approach marriage is one of covenant. It's not a casual relationship. Marriage is not just a piece of paper. It's not a contract. Well, like you're in and I'm in, but if one of you are out, then I'm out. No, it's a covenantal relationship. Two people becoming one based on sacrificial love, on 100% commitment. Two people not going in the same direction. Not perfect, but we're moving forward. And when we have that perspective, right, we begin to honor marriage the way God wants it to. Now, Okay, that's great, but how do we do that, yeah, right? How do we begin to do marriage right? the right way? Because it sounds beautiful, right? Like it sounds like something you'd see in a, a, a greeting card somewhere, right? We've been, we've been one. We've become one flesh. We're in this covenant. It's beautiful phraseology, but what does that look like? How do we do that when we have a job? Maybe we ha- you're in here and you have two jobs. You have multiple jobs. How do we have a healthy, hold, God-honoring marriage when we have kids, multiple kids, right? When we have dreams and ambitions and we have our ministry and our city groups, how do we do these things? How do we balance it all out, right? That's what we always talk about is this idea of balance. How do we spin all of these plates all at once and not let them hit the ground? Well, what we want to suggest today and what we think is in order to have a God honoring marriage, a healthy, whole, stable marriage, right? An honor that reflects God is not a matter of of having a balanced marriage, but a marriage in the right order. Mm. 
A marriage in the right order. See, God is a God of order, yeah. right? He's a God of order. He doesn't talk a whole lot about balance, but I tell you what, he talks about order. Mm. He talks about order. And you want to know what's so encouraging, what's so hopeful about that is that if God is a God of order and his spirit lives on the inside of me, guess what I can be? I can be a person of order. You can be a person of order. You can live ordered because his nature lives on the inside of you. He's a God of order. Think about it, creation in Genesis, right? He, he created a, an environment to sustain life. Before he created human life, he created an environment to sustain that life. He created the sky and, and the waters and separated the lands. And he, he put the sun and the moon and the, and the stars and he put the bees and the birds and all the different animals. He created an environment that could sustain that coming life. Well, guess what? He did the same thing for marriage. He did the same thing for marriage. He created an order for us to follow, to sustain a healthy, a whole, a healed, God-honoring marriage. So what is this order, right? What is this order we are talking about? Well, we believe there is two. And if we can get these two in order, then it will have a beautiful impact on all the other things. And that order is... God first and my spouse second. God first, spouse second. Yeah. And yeah. good. Amen. Here's, here's why this is so important. Many times what destroys marriages isn't a bad thing. Right. It's a good thing that's in the wrong order. Right. Good. Very there are good. a lot of good things in our life that are gonna take place. Children, hopes, dreams, jobs, church, friendships. And it's not that those things are bad, but a life that is in the wrong order eventually leads to something bad happening. No one wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I think today I'm going to have an affair. No one wakes up in the morning and just goes, you know what? I think I'm just going to quit on my marriage. You know, what has led up to that bad moment has been something good that has been out of place, out of order for quite some time and has led us to this road of something bad happening. So as a church, what we want to learn is this God order where God is first, my spouse is second, right? So let's talk about God has to be first. And I think what we have to talk about that is because when we talk about relationships, a lot of times it's about finding the one. If you're single, right? You're a free agent in the house, right? What are we doing? We're, we're wanting the one. We're fasting and praying for the one. You know, the one that's going to make us feel all the feels and the one that's going to complete us and make us whole and the one we're going to marry and the one we're going to spend the rest of our lives with. And so we, we, we look to that person as the one, the first person, and it becomes very easy for that person to take the highest priority in our life. When really the way God created us, he didn't create me to live life with that order. He created me to live life in the order that he comes first in my life, always. And no matter who or what he brings into my life, God always remains first because there's certain things that I get from God that I cannot get from another person. No matter how much they love me, know how much they care about me, there's something, things that God created me with that only I will find fulfilled and connected through a relationship with him as my number one priority not my spouse. And so Jesus, he spoke of this in Matthew chapter six, verse 33, he says this, he says, but seek first his kingdom, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. 
So the, the tendency is to go after the other things and make them first, or that when you actually attain some of those other things, the relationship, the friendship, uh, the, the scholarship, the job, that becomes first in my life. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, when you make God first, and you seek God's kingdom, not my kingdom, not my will, like we sang in that song, your will be done, God, not my will. When I do that, I'm trusting then as well that in that process, in that order, God takes care of the rest. He also, the reason why God has to be first is because my relationship with God impacts my relationship with other people. Jesus was asked by a man once, he said, hey, what is the greatest commandment? And this was Jesus's response in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, why give me two? I ask for one. I think it's because they're connected. My relationship with God impacts my relationships with other people. Friends, bosses, neighbors, specifically in this context, my relationship with God impacts my relationship with my spouse. And if this is off, and if this isn't in the right order, this becomes very difficult to handle and navigate, right? So young person, here's the thing, young single person, you're not looking for the one, then what are we looking for? We're looking for the two, right? We're looking for the two. We're looking for the person that when God brings them into our lives, they take the right order, which is second. Now, this is so important because it becomes very easy that when we do have our spouse to make them and put them in the place of first, but when we do do that, it opens up some issues and opens up the marriage for some dysfunction. And I, I think it's really important to state those verses you brought up. There's a command tone on those, right? God's not merely suggesting like, hey, Gab, like if you think when you're ordering your life and wanting to make it better and, you know, figuring out how to do things, well, maybe consider, just maybe consider thinking about the option of putting me first. He's not saying it like that at all. There is very strong language here that says, hey, you put me first, seek me first, right? Seek me first. Love me more than anything else and all other things will be added. Then you love somebody else. This is command, a command tone. And there, there's, there's hope in this, right? If this is the order that God is setting, then there is, there is freedom. There is healthy relationships to come from that, right? That order, that God life-giving order. And so this is not a suggestion. This is absolutely the secret sauce, the key to life, what God is saying with us right now. And when we don't do that, when our spouse does become number, number one, that first priority, what can tend to happen is, is we will try to pull from them what only God can give us. We will try to make them our source of life, our source of hope, our source of joy, our source of identity. We will try to do these things, and guess what? They cannot do that. God is the one that was meant to do that. And so what happens is, is when we put them first, right? The Bible says that anything that is above God is an idol. Anything that we serve above God, that's an idol. And eventually, whatever we idolize, we will demonize. 
Think about that. Whatever we idolize, we will demonize. Some of us, we get in these contentious arguments with our significant other and we're, we're trying to change them and shape them and telling them that they're not meeting our needs anymore and this is what it is like and da-da-da-da-da, all these really toxic things. When really what we have to begin to do is say, God, am I trying to, am I trying to get something from them that you're only meant to, to, to meet in my life? I'm telling you, if we can get this in our head, in our heart, a filter over our eyes, this will set our marriages free. God, God first. Amen. God first. The second thing that can tend to happen when uh, our spouse becomes first in this relationship is we are going at our marriage. We are going at our marriage in a very self-reliant place, from a very self-reliant place on our understanding of marriage, on what culture is saying about marriage, on what we've seen viewed in marriages, on in our might, in our power, in our strength, we are going at this thing. Well, remember, God created marriage, right? He's the one that created it. And so we need him. We need his partnership. We need the Holy Spirit to begin to teach us how to do this thing. We can't do it without him. Why do we try? Right? We do this. We try to figure this out all on our own. I try to be sometimes a a wife to Michael in my own strength when the Holy Spirit knows exactly what Michael needs. And do you know that he teaches us? And he leads us and he counsels us and he calls us out and he will teach us how to encourage our spouse. He will teach us how, how to be a support and a blessing to them. He will teach us, get this, he will teach us how to fight with our spouse. He will teach us a healthy God-honoring, productive way, not get it right, or not, not be right, but get it right type of way with our spouse. He will teach us. Yeah. We cannot lean to our own understanding in this. Right. We've got to lean into him and his Holy Spirit, and that's okay because we've got him. Yeah. Do you know that? You've got him to help lead, to help teach. And so when we do go into marriage in the right order with God first, guess what? We are going into that marriage confident. We're going into that marriage already complete, right? Michael, I'm not looking for Michael to complete me. I'm not looking for him to be the source of all that I need. God is doing that. So he's, he's not completing me. I'm going into that marriage understanding the proper expectations that I need to have for my spouse, right? And this is a powerful thing to be able to walk into marriage with the proper expectations. God first, right? He is our source. Many times where conflicts happens in relationships, right, is the gap between expectation and reality. I expect this. This is what I'm getting. Now we have conflict. And so like you said, when you come and God is first, then then God sends you this spouse. And when I come to my wife, I'm not completing her. I'm simply confirming all the things that God has put on the inside of her. I am a helpmate. God says that she's a helpmate. I'm a helpmate to her. That scripture, that verse in Genesis means to supply that which is lacking. So I'm different. She's different, but together we're better. And so you come in that. And then like she said, I think it's so important to understand God gets involved in the the relationship. Like God didn't want to just be an attender at my wedding. And then I bring him in when all hell's broke loose. And now we got to call God in here. Like God wants to be in the ebbs and flows of my relationship. Every, from day to day, week to week, month to month, the highs, the lows, right? God wants to be involved. And when God is first, then I put him in a place where he changes me. She doesn't feel the pressure to have to change me. She couldn't change me anyways. Just like I can't change her. I can't change myself. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. And so God begins to do the work in God, right? 
God doesn't change me into someone I'm not. God changes me into a better version of who he made me to be in the first place. I desire my wife to change, but I don't desire her to change into something she's not. I desire her to change into be a better version of who God made her to be. And in order for that to happen, God has to be first in our life. If not, it gets off. And so we want to put God first. We want to put God first in our relationships personally. We want God first in our marriage. And so how do we get there, right? How do we continue to take steps to where God is first? And hey, it starts with time. I got to spend time with God on a regular basis. Like God is not first if I just come once a week to church. Like that's not how I'd establish a life where God is first. It's a daily thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so I think it's the daily time in his word, getting to know God through his word, getting to know God through prayer and through worship. It's taking those daily things. And personally, for me, I take that verse kind of literally. I think something powerful about seeking God first in the first part of your day that sets like the pattern and the posture that God you're first. I think something very powerful about that. I know some of you, maybe you're more night owls and you experience God and you're, you're more likely to spend time with him at night or maybe on your lunch break, but maybe if that's the case, that's okay. But maybe the very least what we could do is with the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, before you look on Instagram, before you go make the coffee, you get out of bed, you just simply kneel at your bed and just say a prayer of God today you're first in my life. God, I recognize your lordship. You are first. And it sets a pattern. It sets a posture. God is first. Right? I put God first in my life by the way I build his kingdom and not my kingdom. I think that's why I think serving a church is a big deal because it's one of the ways that we show God, God, you're first in my life because you said you build your church. And so I want to help be a part of that. So I build with my time. We, well, that's why we tithe. One of the reasons why we tithe is because it's one of the ways that we tangibly show God, you're first in my life. So here's the first 10% of what you've given me because I believe you're first. Here it is. And then what happens is because God's first in my life, all of a sudden now we bring this together because we're in covenantal relationship. God becomes first in our marriage. It becomes one of the things that bonds us together, that God is first. That our relationship with God isn't like, she does her own thing with Jesus and I do my own thing with Jesus and we never talk about it. No, it's like, it's actually meant now because yes, you need your own relationship with God. And then we come together at different points and allow our spirituality to intersect and we serve and we seek God together. So if I'm praying by myself in my own times with God, then I want to make sure that there are times where me and her are praying together. Could you pray together with your spouse, right? Could you pray? And nothing worse than someone trying to start a clap and it doesn't work out. I feel you right now. I get it. No one went with you. I, don't worry. I felt it. It's good. Appreciate the clap. They didn't go. It's on them. Pray with your spouse. I know a lot of times we, we counsel and we talk to you know, couples all the time. Like, man, it's just really awkward. I get it. It's awkward. It's a little bit different. It's more intimate. But you do have sex with that person. So like, you could totally pray with them. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. We'll do this, right? You've seen them naked. You can pray in front of them, you know? And I know, listen, I'm not minimizing that. Look, I, here's what I know. Anything that's new is awkward in the beginning. But over time, you get more comfortable with it, right? So I remember my dad. My dad grew up Catholic. And so, you know, prayer was very private and personal and quiet. And it was very, you know, and so then he married my mom, who's from a very loud Italian family, right? And so worlds collide. And eventually, you know, they got, when they got married, neither of them believed in Jesus. And eventually, they both came to know Jesus. And my mom was like, we need to start praying together. And my dad's like, wait, but you're not a priest. And I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to pray. And so the way they started praying together was right before bed, they would turn off the light and they would go back to back and then they would pray together. 
because at least that made my dad feel more comfortable. Like the lights are off, I can't see anything. And, and so he just started, you gotta start where you're at. You know what I mean? And then over time, yeah. they developed a relationship where you know, the lights can be on when they pray now. It's awesome, you know? Yeah. And so, but start somewhere. Pray together, serve together. Join it, start a city group together. Like serve God together and watch how God becomes first in our life. And here's the thing, when you're single, you can start doing this now. Like single person, you can start developing this rhythm now that no matter what is in your life, because there are things in your life right now that are vying for first and that you will want to make number one. So you can begin a rhythm, a soul rhythm where it's like, no, no matter what God gives me, that relationship, that friendship, that job, I'm not going to make that first. And that prepares you so that when you do get into a marriage relationship, and I get it, it's sometimes easier to love a person you see over a person, over a God you can't see, but because you've already established a rhythm that you no, no, this is how I manage this tension. You can healthily and faithfully put God first. So you can start working on your marriage now simply by working on this principle, God is first. But then here's the thing, right? And we wanted to, as we were preparing, I know there's some people in the room, maybe online. Look, you, God is first in your life. And the problem right now and the issue right now is that your spouse doesn't believe in Jesus. And so where we are right now, we're in a marriage where I want God to be first. I want to be at the center, but right now my spouse just isn't there yet. And and, and we want to talk to you about that for a minute. We want to speak to you. Yeah. First of all, I want to say, I know that that must be challenging and that must be hard. I want, I want to want you to know that there is hope for you in this order. This order stands for you as well. I'm telling you, as you begin to seek first God and and your relationship, and we're believing, and I want to say in faith, I have faith for the salvation of your significant other right now. This whole room, in Jesus' name, we are believing that they will be saved, that they will be sitting next to you, that they will be in this order with you someday soon. And I'm telling you, I have seen it so many times, even in the last few years, so many marriages where the husband would not acknowledge God at all, agnostic, atheist, whatever, and they had a moment, listen to me, a moment, a suddenly happened in their life and they began to walk in a new direction. And so I want to build your faith in this moment. It can happen. It's a miracle. God can do it. And I'm telling you, God is going to give you a strategy to, as you go after him, and and he's going to give you a strategy to honor your spouse right where they're at, to love them, to support them. He's going to give you keys to unlock parts of their heart to Jesus. I'm telling you, your presence in their life is very powerful. And you know what? It will get hard at times. It is hard at times, I can imagine. But you have a whole community of people. And I want you to know, if you don't have anybody, you can come to me. You have a whole community of people that will cheer you on, that will pray over you, that will encourage you, that will speak truth over you when you feel like you want to give up. I'm telling you, the order, there is hope in this order. There is hope in this order. And so you're waiting temporarily. You're waiting in faith for it. That's right. So you bring God into that relationship the way you know how, in faith. And here's what I know about God. If you hang out with him long enough, he eventually changes your life. So you stand strong. You stand. God is first. No matter what. But then we got to talk, right? My spouse has to come second. Well, we got to talk about that because there's a lot of good things in life that try to take the place of our spouse and become second most important thing in our life. But come on, in a healthy God-honoring marriage that's growing, this, my spouse has to come second. Yeah, my spouse comes second. That's right. Matthew 19, I love this verse. Matthew 19, four through six, it says, haven't you read, he replied, that in the beginning, the creator made them male and female. 
and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. There's a couple things here that I want to bring our attention to. And one, you know, um, whatever's repeated in scripture is important. And even in this passage, this, this smaller passage right here, he repeats something twice. He says, the two have become one. The two have become one. When you get married and you enter into a covenant with God, with your spouse, the two, this is supernatural. It becomes one, one heart, one vision, one mission, one focus. God has made you one. It is a supernatural thing that happens in that moment. He has made you one, okay? And then it goes on to say right after this, it says, and what God has made one, what God has joined together, let no one separate. You know what that tells me? If God is making that statement, if Jesus is making that statement, then it tells me that something can separate that too, right? Something can separate that one, excuse me. That something could try to divide, that something could try to bring space in between, that something could try to separate what God has joined together. It can happen. But I love it because this scripture also gives us the antidote for it. It's right above it. It says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Be united to his wife. This word united in the Hebrew is debach. Say that with me, debach. Debach. Okay, nice. it means debach. It's debach. And what it means is, is it means to cling, to adhere Okay, to catch by pursuit, to pursue hard with affection and devotion. You want to know how we don't allow separation to come? How we don't let what God has joined together be separated? How we don't become two when we're really one? You want to know? We pursue. We adhere. We cling by force. We cling with passion. We, we cling with fervor. And it says devotion, right? We cling in the beginning. I don't think any of us had trouble with that in the beginning right? Right. When we wanted to get that person, we were clinging hard to that person. We were devotion, you know, was all over the place. We were trying to get their affections, their attention, their heart, you know, but somewhere along the way, we stop adhering. We stop clinging. We contend to, and he's told us here, he said, listen, you want to not become one. You want to not become two again? Adhere cling, unite to that person. You know, when my kids, when they grab onto my leg and they cling to me because they don't want me to go, I'm telling you, it is like so hard to part ways with them getting off of my body. When I think of this, I think of that. I am clinging to my spouse. I am adhering. I am pursuing with a force and a passion. And I will not let something try to separate or get in there. And like we said, even good things, good things can get in there. Kids, kids are good, right? A job is good, right? Those are good things. But not if in the wrong order. Right. Not if it's bringing separation, not if it's going against this, this, this antidote, which is to cling and to adhere. Yeah, it's like um, we pursued in the beginning and then we stopped yeah. pursuing some point. And I don't know, there's not a lot of things in life where when you stop taking care of them, they stay the same. 
If I stop taking care of my body, it's going to begin to deteriorate. If I stop taking care of my car and I don't get the oil changed and it's serviced, eventually it's going to blow up, right? If I don't water my grass, eventually the grass is going to die. If I don't continue to work and invest into my marriage, it doesn't stay the same. It begins to deteriorate. And so for us, one of the things we said last week is if you're married and the grass seems greener on the other side, I think it's just time for us to start watering our grass again. We've got to begin to pursue again, right? And so if not, and some of those good things in the wrong order begin to divide, then what you start feeling in your relationship and your marriage is, is just a division and you don't feel like you're on the same page. You probably even said that. I don't feel like we're on the same page about this area or multiple areas or in our entire life. We don't feel like we're on the same page. And if you're ever feeling that way and you're experiencing that, that's where I think for me, I go, okay, if that's what we're feeling as a, as let me see where my order is. God, are you first? Like, if, if what I'm bringing and what I'm desiring, have I submitted that first to Jesus before I even brought it to my spouse? Like, have I even prayed about it? Have I asked God, okay, God, is the friction or the disconnect because it's something I want to do and it's about my kingdom and not God's kingdom? And so for me, my first order is, okay, where am I at with my relationship with God? The second thing is, okay, is my spouse second in my life. Does she feel like she's a high priority? Because sometimes where we feel tension in our marriage and as you get into a disagreement, it's like that person is already agitated and riled up. It's because I bet they feel like they aren't a number one priority in your life. They're not number, they're not the second. And they may not even be able to verbalize that, but they know the kids are second in your life. The job is second in your life. The dream is second in your life. The, the, the hobby is second in your life. And that is causing tension and that is causing irritation. And so that's why for us, we have to make sure, okay, God, you're, you have to be first. And we have to know and feel that my spouse and show her that she is second place in my life, that God's first, my spouse is second. And when that begins to happen, it becomes this order. And all of a sudden, we start finding ourselves on the same page about everything else, right? Because remember, it's not the bad things that wreck a marriage. It's good things in the wrong order. And so real quick, let's talk about this. Generally, the number one culprit that likes to take second place in lives, and this is the space we live in, it's children, right? Like beautiful, bless. I love my children. They are a blessing. One of my favorite things is to be a dad. I love it so much. But here's the truth. Many times children like to take the second spot over the spouse. Totally. And I, I think, I think obviously, like you said, we want to give our kids the best, right? In our, in our mother and father heart, we want to give them the best. We want to love them well. We want to give them time. We want to expose them to the nicest things, you know, but when this gets out of order, this, this can be a source of contention and a problem. And so it's important for us to remember that we're not in covenant with our kids. Mm-hmm. We're not in covenant with them. We didn't enter into a a marriage, a ceremony, a holy moment before God with them, right? We're not one with our kids, but they're an assignment and they're a temporary assignment. They're a temporary, at some point, they are going to leave and cleave themselves or they should, in Jesus' name, they will. Please, Jesus, send them out. Okay, in Jesus' name, they will leave and cleave. You're out. You know? None of this millennial 25-year-old stay in my house. No, you done. You're no, done. Just... You're out. You're out. God Jesus, bless. please. God bless. I know. I know. At some point, they should leave and cleave. And they'll get into their own covenant relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Someday. Someday. But this, but, but the, this covenant, 
This is a lifetime commitment, yeah. right? Like this is until Jesus comes back, it's me and him. Yeah. And so we have to intentionally, and this is so this is an intentional work. Like you said, if you don't water it, it is not going to grow. This is an intentional work. We, if we do not sow into this very subtly, things start to get out of order. Yeah. yeah if you want to love your kids, invest into your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy marriages produce healthy kids. Yeah. First book, one of the first books we read when we, we our firstborn, uh, we were you know getting ready for it. It was uh, Baby Wise, yeah. and I learned about sleep training and how to all that good stuff. But the first chapter threw me for a loop because the first chapter talks about says, "Hey, you want to raise a healthy baby, have a healthy marriage." I was like, "That's awkward. Yeah. That's weird, but it's so true. So healthy true. marriages produce yeah. healthy children." I, like you said, we want our best for our kids, and many times that's the reason why we, we in our brains we go, "This is why I'm working 80 hours a week. This is why I have them in five different sports right now because I want the best for them. I want them to to go farther than me." I I want to give them something. I want them to have a better life than what I have. And those are all great desires. And we all desire that. But the greatest gift that you can give your child is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you let them see that. You let them come up in the morning and see you read your Bible. You let them hear you. You let them hear you praying and worshiping in your own home. You let them say, "Hey, listen. I know Coach had a practice for eight thirty on Sunday morning, but guess what? We will tell him we go to church on Sunday. We'll be there at Tuesday's practice." You let them see that I make God a priority in our life. The greatest gift that you can give I can give my children is to love their mother sacrificially and let them see it. Let them know. Listen, I love you with all my heart, and I would die for you. But listen, this woman comes first. Right? She's the second in my life. Very good. And you know what? I believe, I believe that's how we reverse what we see yeah. in, in our world, in our culture, the attack on marriage, the things that the enemy has tried to do. I believe this is how we reverse it, right? Is by loving God, this order, this divine order, this is not Mike and Gabby's pretty thoughts. This is the, this is the order that God gave us to sustain a healthy, happy, hold and healed marriage, right? As we begin to apply this to our life and live this out, and I know it, it's not always easy. It, it, it's a step of faith. We need the grace to be able to do it, right? But I'm telling you, I believe with all of my heart that as we begin to do this, we will see the tide shift for marriages and in our society, in our culture, with our kids. If we show them how a healthy marriage looks, if we show them how this works first and then this works first, it won't matter what they, the, the TikTok says, the TikTok. It won't matter what, what the are TikTok you? says. You it won't matter what their teachers <laughs> It won't matter what their teachers are preaching at them. It won't matter what, what culture is saying and all the terrible statistics they're putting out there. I'm telling you what, this is right, this is right. We have the greatest authority in our children's life and we are gonna help turn the yeah. tide on this as we do this by the grace of God, amen? Amen. amen. Very good. Yeah, listen, the devil can't stop your marriage, but he'll try to distract it. Yeah. So we gotta prioritize our marriages again. We have to pursue again, and we've got to make sure we're protecting our time and our energy. So how do, how do we get back? How do I kind of move this back up where my spouse uh, is second? But let's prioritize them again. Prioritize them first in your prayer life. I think a great rhythm to just begin to do is make sure daily you pray for your spouse. Continue to begin to pray because here's the thing. You, as you begin to pray for the uh, person, you begin to see them the way God sees That's them right. again. Yeah. And you can't pray for somebody and want to eventually kill them either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can't pray and then want to smother them in your them. sleep. He gives yeah. you a heart. Yeah. That's why Jesus said, pray for your enemies. It's Not that true. it would change your enemies, but it would change you. Yeah. 
change the way you see them. And so, man, maybe that feels that way. You're more enemies than, than you are friends. You begin to pray and watch God begin to change your heart. You watch God give you ideas and strategies to love them and to show them that they are important to you. I think you've got to prioritize time. Like if I could get back to where we're actually spending time together again, where we're, we're doing date nights or a coffee or, or it's a walk or it's something. I know sometimes budget-wise, it's like, man, I don't know. Like for us, again, we don't have free childcare. So every time we step out of the house, it's like $80. You know what I mean? It's like this coffee just got me, it cost me $80. So this happened. But... But maybe you can't do that. That's okay. Then you know what? Hey, you, you put a movie on, you get the popcorn, you get some pizza and say, kids, mom and dad are going into the bedroom. We're locking the door. Do not knock on it. Do not try to come in because guess what? We are, we are going to have some mom and dad time and that's okay because we need to focus on it. So however you have to navigate it and then you explain to them why you're doing it. You know, our kids, they cry. You know, when we leave, like, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. And, and I think that's great. I'd rather them cry when we leave than like cheer. Like, yes, the, <laughs> they're gone, you know? Um, but I explained to him, I'm like, listen, mom and dad are better moms and dads when we can get away. Yeah. Trust me, daddy's a lot happier if you let him and mom go to Mexico right now. Right. Like, <laughs> I will be better for you, I promise, right? So we explained to them, like, hey, this is important. So prioritize in prayer, prioritize your time, and get back to pursuing again, yeah, right? pursuing. And we already kind of touched on this a little bit, but we got to get back to it. You know, think about the things that we did in the beginning to get our mate. I mean, we were crazy. We did crazy things to get their attention, to get their heart, to get their love. I mean, Michael did crazy things for me. Okay, I'm telling you, there was one time I was supposed to go to Disneyland and it didn't end up happening and the trip got canceled. And you know what? He dressed up as Mickey. I came to his house. I came to his house and Michael Roberts, which is, you can't even imagine it, is dressed up like stinking Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. I didn't even know how to respond. I was, I was in a little love. freaked out. He was in love. He was so in love. I was debacking. He was debacking. He was debacking me. Oh my God. Oh no. my God. Wait yeah, a real. minute. No. That's, that's right. later tonight. Anyways, you did. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Whatever you want, baby. I'm here. It's oh Mother's my Day. God. Moving on. Whatever you want. Moving on. I'm a servant. Moving on. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. Can a guy turn anything sexual? It's unbelievable. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. We did crazy things to get each other's hearts, okay? Jesus, he did us. that. He used to, literally, I'd walk into work, and there would be these r ravishing arrangements all over the place. I mean, he was going after pursuing me so hard, trying to get my heart, trying to keep my heart. And honestly, I think I'm like, you know, getting back to that. It's like, if we want what we want used to have, maybe we need to do what we used to do, yeah. you know, yeah. with that same passion and devotion and creativity, you know, uh, pursuing. And honestly, maybe if we want something we've never had before, we need to try something we've never done before. Yeah. So allowing some creativity and guess what? The Holy Spirit will help you with this as well. He'll help you think creatively on how to do certain things. It doesn't take a massive budget. Don't right. let that be an excuse or a lie that keeps you from delaying pursuing your mate, right? I mean, if Michael puts an, sends me a text midday saying, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm praying for you. It's like, oh, thank you. It's like the best thing ever, right? I know I have his heart in that moment. I know that I have his attention. I know that I have his prayers. It doesn't take a massive budget to pursue your mate. Right. Amen. Yeah. So good. And, and last thing the worship team can come up. So we, we got to prioritize again. We have to pursue. And then you got to, here's the thing that's important. You got to be able to protect your time and your energy, 
Many times why this slips is because we've got nothing left in the tank for one another. And I get it. After a day where we wake up and we're battling to get the kids to school on time because one more time they're late and I'm going to get yelled at by the teacher, you know? And so we get them to school and then we go to work and then we pick them back up and then it's to basketball practice and gymnastics and then it's dinner and then it's showers and then it's put down. And by the time it's all settled, all I want to do is just lay down in bed with her and we each look at our phones, right? Like, like that's sometimes where it ends up. It's like, I'm exhausted. And so like one of the, we had gone to a place where that's how it felt. It was like, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm honoring you and place you in the position God wants, but I've got nothing left. And we looked at our schedule and we realized, I mean, we're saying yes to so many things and it's taking energy away from us. So we've got nothing left. And so we felt conviction that we have to start saying no to some stuff. And we got to start saying no to some things that some people think we should say yes to. And we have to start saying no to some things that the, the culture would say, you've got to say yes to that, right? You're a good parent. You have to say yes. And we're like, no, I, I don't think we have to because it's not working. And so we just made a commitment. Listen, we know this. Every yes is pregnant with a no. So every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. And so we said, we're going to say no to certain things that we can say yes to the God things. And so for us, that's what we do. There's certain nights now we don't go out no matter what, because this is the time for Mike and Gabby to connect. Our son just started sport. He's been in sports now for a couple of years, but I don't let him play more than one in a season. That's just the way it is. I mean, he, could he handle two sports? Yeah, he could. But that's another sport with more practices and another game. And you know what? It's just not worth it because at the end of the day, what's going to set him up for success is not that he was in three sports in the fall, but that mom and dad had time for one another and created a foundation of love in his home. And he found identity there. (laughs) Protected. Say no. I know it won't seem normal, but normal doesn't seem to be working. I don't want a normal marriage because it's not working. I want a God marriage. I want where God is first, spouse is second. And then with that is this holy divine order to figure the rest of it out. And God seeking first the kingdom of God, everything else works out for us. Amen. Can we pray for you this morning? Would that be good? You want to stand up real quick as we just, we end here. If you're married, let's do this. I want you to grab your spouse's hand. We want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your marriage. But this is a lot, I know. It is, you know, and I think it is. It's good, right? It's good. The, the word of God is supposed to convict us, guys. It's supposed to agitate our, our flesh. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to call us up and, and call us out in things. It's, it's not meant to l- leave us to our own devices and, and, and our own understanding. It's meant to call us up and out. I want a God-honoring marriage. And this isn't, this isn't something we just arrive at, right? This isn't a, a destination. This is, this is a forever th- tension that we will have to navigate through. We have to navigate through this. We have to continue to keep this order in place. And we can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you what, I will fall short every time. And I have. I am not a perfect wife by any means. I won't be, I'm gonna make some more mistakes. But I'm so grateful, I find so much hope in the fact that I have the Holy Spirit. 
that I have him who's going to lead me, who's going to teach me, who's going to guide me, who's going to call me out when I need to be called out, when I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at him for things, that it's not between me and him, but it's between me and God, that he calls me out in those things and says, cut it out. Cut it out. We need this. We need this. Here's what I want to pray this morning. And with every head bowed, just close your eyes for a moment because at this moment, it's between you and God. Yeah. You, your spouse, and God. I know this can be a lot overwhelming because it's like, where do you begin? Right. It's like, I, I got to get God first. I got to get my spouse second. I mean, like, I don't know where to start. I get that. You know, as I've gotten older, I've had to go to the chiropractor a couple times. <laughs> And when I, I find something is out of line in my body, I, when I first started, I realized, wow, I, I tried all these stretches and I tried to do all these things to try to get my body back in line. And no matter what I did, it just wasn't working. But what I needed to do was I needed to go to my chiropractor and I needed a moment for him to sit back into place, that which was in, out of order. I needed somebody to come with the wisdom and determine to go, boom, there it is. And then after that, I was able to walk out re rehabilitating it. And so I feel like some of you, you've come and it's, I get it, it's so out of order and you don't even know where to begin. And guess what? The beautiful thing is the first step to begin isn't that you're supposed to do something. It's that you're simply allowing God to come in and putting back into place that which is out of order. Like there is a supernatural element here right now. This is what the series is called Held and Healed because what you need right now is a healing of that order. And it can't happen through you and your own ability and your own strength and all the books that you've read on marriage and relationships. It needs a sovereign God to come in on and upon you and your marriage. And in this moment, this is what we believe as we pray, he's going to put something right. back in order That's and it's right. going to be supernatural and it's going to be sovereign. And it's going to change the trajectory of your life. It's going to change the trajectory of your marriage. And then you will move forward and you'll begin to triage and you'll begin to deal with putting God first and walking in that divine order. But right here, right now, what you need is a loving God Amen. to come in Amen. and to do what only he can do set an order back in place. So every head bow, eye closed. If you're here and you're with your spouse or maybe you're not, and it's just you and you feel, you know, things are out of order, but you want God to come and do what only he can do is set yourself back in order. Set that life. I want you right where you're at. Could you raise your hand for me? Let me see where you are. Yeah, thank you, couples. Thank you, couples. Thank you, couples. Come on, who else? Let me see your hands. Thank you. Come on, thank you. Come on, if you got your hand raised, if you haven't yet raised it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is the only thing God can do. It's a beautiful thing. Surrender. The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. It's a, hum hum it's a humble heart that says, I don't have it all together, but God, I'm coming to you. And God does something supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, we did this last service and I felt like we wanted to do it again and you raised your hand. I, I, man, I think there's something about taking a step of faith and saying, God, I want you to do this thing. So if you raised your hand, can I ask you to be so bold and take one more step of faith because we want to pray with you? Will you come to the front right here and just face me and Gabrielle? If you raised your hand, just come to the front, you and your spouse right you. now. We want to pray with you. Yeah, come on. That's good. Come on. Yeah, come Healing's on. Healing's coming. Come on. Come on, take that step. Coming to your marriage and adjustment is yeah, coming on. to your marriage. 
Come on. Come on. God's strategy is coming to your marriage. You're not doing this by yourself. Come on. But yeah. you're yielding, you're submitting to the Lord. Come on, healing is in this Come room on. right now. I think there's more. I really do. I believe there's more. We need a spiritual adjustment. Come we on. need a spiritual adjustment right now. And Jesus, I thank you right now. God, I pray over these marriages. God, I thank you. I, I call these marriages yeah. blessed right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that in your goodness, in your sovereignty, God, your spirit that heals and brings freedom, God, and breakthrough. God, right now, I thank you breakthrough is coming right now where there has been struggle for years, where there has been fighting for years, where there has been an out of alignment for years right now by your mighty hand. God, I thank you, you are bringing bringing an adjustment. God, I thank you. They have the mind of Christ. Come on, they have the mind of Christ. They're not going at this thing alone. They're not leaning to their own understanding, but right now, God, I thank you. They have the mind of Christ. God, I thank you, Father God, that they are thinking your thoughts, that they are leading in your thoughts, Father God, with what you say they do, God. I thank you for a radical obedience to the voice of God. God, I thank you that they will not rationalize the plan and the strategy that you're giving them, but God, I thank you a radical obedience to the strategy from heaven right now. God, I thank you. We call these marriages whole. Come on, we call these marriages blessed. Come on, we call these marriages strong. Come on, we call these marriages steadfast. Come on, I thank you that the ropes that bound them together in that day of, uh, of, of holy matrimony right now is being tied tighter and tightened. God, I thank you that what you have brought together, no man will separate. And God, I pray this over the room. God, I thank you that the marriages of City Church, I call them blessed in Jesus' name. I thank you they are thriving. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. God, I, I thank you by your presence. Healing is coming to the hearts in this room. God, where they have felt hopeless, where they have felt like they could never forgive or let go right now. Holy Spirit, wipe that, clay, that, that plate clean, that slate clean right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you are renewing our minds right now to your word, to what you have said. God, not to what life has tried to do to our marriages or what culture has done or what the enemy has tried so boldly and strongly to do. God, I thank you that we think like you about our spouse. God, I thank you for a God perspective. A God perspective right now. We will not look at our spouse through natural eyes, but we will look at them through heaven's lens. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you. I thank you. You are for our marriages. You are for them and you are in the midst of them and we cannot do it without you. And so God, I thank you right now. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day for you. You've got fresh breath for you. Hey, if you think it's been good, I'm speaking it's gonna get better to you in Jesus' name. Fresh breath, fresh pre passion, a fresh adhering, a, pre a fresh pursuit over you. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you. I thank you, God. I thank you that this is what you're doing in this hour. And we say yes and amen to all you're saying. We cannot do it without you, but with you, God, we can do all things. 
We can do all things through you who give us strength. And God, I thank you right now. A strength has come over marriages in the city church. And I thank you, Father, it is well with us. And it is well with our families. It is well with our kids. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Come on. Just one more moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. no one like you Holy Spirit thank you you come and you minister and you speak and you convict and you comfort when we feel conviction it's a sign that God is with us he's not far he's close and you can do this You can do this. Because when I'm weak, God is strong. And his power is actually made perfect in my weakness. So I rejoice when I feel weak. That's right. Because when I'm weak, he's strong. That's right. Marriage isn't about a feeling. It's a decision. I'm gonna love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Even when I don't feel it. And I'm going to love my spouse even when I don't feel it. And in that bonding, there's a strength that's going to come to your life. There's a solidness that's going to come to your life. You might grown up in a home that was fractured and you've you grew up knowing what it was like to feel in the chaos and the craziness of a home. That will not be your future. Come on, that's right. That generational curse, that's broken Amen. off of you in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. You're not going to just get another divorce. You're not just going to have another affair. That is not going to be your that's life. Good. That's good. It stops with you. That's right. Your that's children right. will know different. And it's okay if they've seen life lived one way and now you're going to introduce them to a new way of living because you're making a decision to change. That's okay that they haven't seen it yet. So you make the decision now and when they ask you, hmm, why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? You will tell them because God is first. And your mom is second. And yeah, I haven't done that real well lately, but I've changed. 
And every day I'm making that decision. Let them see you navigate humbly walking with Jesus. They don't need you to be Superman and Superwoman. Let them see you authentically following Jesus because they won't be Superman or Superwoman either. They're going to fall. They're going to make mistakes. And they need someone to show them when you fall, this is how you get up. That's good. Very good. This is who we are. That's right. We don't stay down. That's right. We get up again. Yeah. Yesterday was my son's last baseball game, and his team got destroyed. Really bad. We got mercy rolled. I said, well, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. When you lose. And sometimes you get your butt kicked. <laughs> but Ford, we're going to get up. We're going to get some nachos. And we're going to work harder so that we don't end up like that again. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Let them see. Yeah, it's good. Let them see you fall and get up. It'll teach them how to do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah? Amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.